With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 56 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and mostly NBA talk, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, first, some quick news on my side of things. Um, I'm now in a new location uh, for work. Uh, I am currently quarantining now down in Florida. Uh, I'm not anywhere near uh, the NBA bubble, I can tell you that. I'm not going to give you my location, but I'm down here for work. Um, and I'll be quarantining slash working. Uh, when I'm not working, I'll be quarantining really is the way I should put it. Basically, for the next few months. So uh, keep track of me. At SJ on social media is the place to go. I'm in my hotel room uh, for the next couple of weeks. And then I will be in an apartment with a, coll- with a colleague of mine at my other job um, for the rest of the season for the sport I'm covering, which is the USL Championship, which is the second division of soccer in America. I'm really excited. This is my third year working with this group, and I'm really excited about it. ESPN Plus is where you can hear all of my play-by-play. For that, if you're interested, some of you have been interested in my soccer stuff in the past, so I'm sharing that with the people that are interested in it. If you're not, I appreciate you still listening to the podcast. Uh, (laughs) um, Today, basically, we're going to run through very briefly a couple of the Knicks headlines, but we're really going to dive in mostly to the NBA season. It's going to be an NBA preview for the restart, and we're going to dive through some of the main storylines, players to watch, things going on inside the bubble. We talked a little bit about the snitch hotline last week. Excited, though, to get back into it with you guys. Hopefully you guys are all safe out there. Um, I got to tell you, despite being in an area where COVID-19 is rising, it's finally, and you know, again, better late than never, though it's very late, to be fair, and I've said this before, but so far since I've been down here, almost everybody's been wearing a mask. Everyone I've been dealing with has been taking the proper protocols. Obviously, Florida is finally stepping up to the plate. They've obviously uh, paid some of the prices for not doing that. COVID-19 cases down here are still on the rise, but still quarantining, and when you have to leave your spot, your place... Uh, where you sleep, your house, your apartment, or in in my case for now, a hotel, make sure you're wearing a mask. If you can also wear gloves, wear gloves as well. Um, And do it just so not only you feel comfortable and that you're safe, but that the other people around you feel safe. I can't tell you how how much easier it was getting down here via the plane I was on and then being in the hotel knowing that everyone around me that I interacted with was wearing a mask and either wearing a mask and gloves, or at least just wearing a mask. It really makes it a lot easier. I have to tell you, I was nervous about coming down here um, because I was leaving a spot that's in in the moment, you know, again, not fully clear of COVID-19, but a lot in a lot better of a position in New Jersey. And But I, I love the work that I do, um, and I was excited to get back to work, uh, you know, with, with another job that I get a chance to do. And... Um, 
I wanted to come down here, but I also wanted to feel safe. And for the time being, the two spots that I have set up for the next couple of months, uh, I feel like I'll be okay as long as I take the proper precautions. And and that's how everyone should be should be doing it. So I just wanted to add that in before we dive into the real content of the show. And again, just to reiterate, hope you guys are all doing that, being safe, and keeping those around you safe as well by doing your part to fight COVID-19. Let's start with the Knicks. There's not a ton to get to with the Knicks this week. Um, I, I was kind of hesitant to even include this, but because it's the Knicks, it's a Knicks show, it's a Knicks podcast, we'll just run through a couple headlines. Basically, according to multiple sources, the Knicks are going to name a head coach within the next week. So by the time we have the show come out at the end of this month, the July 31st show, which I'll record on July 30th, you guys know me, I like to get ahead of the game. I go to the day before with my recording. As long as things go the right way, the Knicks find who they want, everything goes swimmingly, we will know who the Knicks head coach is by the next show. The next show we do, the next show you hear, you will know who the next head coach of the Knicks is. That's exciting. It's scary. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm nervous about it. Um, I'm hoping the Knicks make the right choice. Listen, at the time of recording, no contracts have been offered. Tom Thibodeau remains the favorite at this point in time. According to SNYZ and Begley, the Knicks are, quote, exploring their options. Another source said it's a strong likelihood that the Knicks will speak with multiple candidates this week, and it remains likely, quote-unquote, that they will hire a coach by the end of the month. There's reportedly 11 candidates that have gone through interviews via Zoom, each of them interviewed twice. So the fact that Tom Thibodeau was called back, Kenny Atkinson was called back, maybe Jason Kidd might have been called back as well. Doesn't matter because everybody was called back. I mean by that is like we heard about those. We didn't hear about the rest, at least initially. All 11 of the candidates have done two interviews. So this is just the Knicks trying to show that they're doing their due diligence with this situation. Again, here are the candidates as of this recording. Kenny Atkinson, Mike Miller, Mike Woodson, Jason Kidd, Mike Brown, Bulls assistant coach Chris Fleming, Dallas Mavericks assistant Jamal Mosley, San Antonio Spurs assistant Will Hardy, Philadelphia 76ers lead assistant Ime Udoka, and Orlando Magic assistant Pat Delaney, of course, with the leading candidate being Tom Thibodeau. Apparently, Leon Rose, with that strong relationship, does feel like Tom Thibodeau is the leader in the clubhouse, but... There's a week left for the Knicks to decide, or as I like to say, there's still a week for the Knicks to figure out a way to talk themselves out of the right decision. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, again, I know uh, where I stand on it. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I seem to kind of know where you guys stand on it as well. I, I mean, it seems like you guys are on the Thibodeau train along with me. Some, you know, Some people have have been pulling for Kenny Atkinson the whole time. And, and I, I don't blame you. I think for me, if, if, if we find out on July 30th or July 31st that Kenny Atkinson is the next head coach of the New York Knicks, I'd be happy. 
with that decision. I've said that from the beginning. I said that, I think even, I've even tried to preface that after I've really, because again, Tom Thibodeau is my guy. I, I think Tom Thibodeau is the, the number one choice here. It makes the most sense on, a, on, a, on multiple levels. The relationship with the guys in the front office, they'll be on the same page. And his experience of building teams up to getting, not only getting to the playoffs, but having some success in the playoffs as well. So that's what Knicks fans are looking for right now. And I think that at the time, at this point in time, this is really where Tom Thibodeau makes just perfect sense to me. But like I said, Kenny Atkinson is a great second option to have. If you, if, if you don't think Tom Thibodeau is the right guy, if you're the Knicks in the end, which again, I, I again, part of me is, is pretty certain they're going to go with Tom Thibodeau, but again, you never know. It's the Knicks. So, <laughs> Kenny Atkinson's a nice choice. He makes sense for developing the young talent and getting this team closer to maybe making the playoffs. And I think that's the number one priority for this Knicks team over the next three years. You've got to be in the playoffs by 2023 or 2024. And that has to be the goal. It has to be. So that's where this draft becomes crucial coming up. And the first step to getting there is making sure you get the right head coach. And I think Tom Thibodeau, followed by Kenny Atkinson, probably followed by Jason Kidd. Those are my top three choices. Anybody else, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Certainly Mike Woodson is, a, is way out there as a choice. Mike Brown's even more way out there as a choice, as much as there were some times, very few, I might add, this season when Mike Miller did a good job, most of it followed along the Dave Fisdale lines as far as the results, So I, especially towards the end. So I, I don't really buy Mike Miller coming back as a good option. I've, I've heard a couple people throw that to me and, and, and ask me what I think about that, and my thing is, all right, but he's not... Look who else the Knicks are interviewing here. You know, I would take Jason Kidd over Mike Miller in a heartbeat. I, I would take Kenny Atkinson. I, I'd, I'd bite a hand off to get Kenny Atkinson over Mike Miller. Or frankly, any of these assistant coaches. Again, I'm a Udoka. Somebody came up to me. Uh, can't come up to me now because of, of the pandemic. But somebody hit me up on social media with, I'm a Yudoka, which is why we talked about him on the show last week. I, I get, I, I like the, uh, you know, the outside-of-the-box thinking here. But when Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson, when the, when the proven talent is there in Tom Thibodeau and Kenny Atkinson for, these co for this coaching position, and the relationship that, that Kenny Atkinson has with the, you know, the New York area to a lesser extent, but mostly with Tom Thibodeau and the front office... You can't pass that up. If he wants the job, you got to give it to him. It just makes the most sense. So, I, again, I, I go, I've gone back and forth on that for weeks because I don't know what the Knicks are going to do. I think that's really what makes me worried about this. I don't know what the Knicks' plan is. I don't know what they're going to do. But I feel better about it than I did about two months ago when I was on here saying... You know, this wish list that had Thibodeau and Atkinson on it, it better be legit. And so far, that's who they've gone after. They've interviewed them both twice, and now hopefully they can figure out the contracts and make one of those two happen. 
again, I've, and, I'll, and I'll end this, this part of it by saying, Tom Thibodeau, for me, would be, if, if I wake up on July 31st and Tom Thibodeau is the head coach of the New York Knicks, I'm going to be over the moon. Kenny Atkinson's the guy, I would be happy about it. If Jason Kidd's the guy, slightly disappointed. But I'm like, okay, you know what? There's a little bit we can work. There's something we can work with there. Something that, that can get everybody excited. We've got a little bit of a... we got a starting block, right? A starting block to work from. But if it's anybody else, there's going to be a lot of problems. No question about it. I'll say this. It'd be a huge win for Leon Rose if Tom Thibodeau is the head coach and they start getting some success going with that draft. Talk about starting off your time as Knicks president with a dub of epic proportions. Get Tom Thibodeau, draft Cole Anthony LaMelo Ball or Tyrese Halliburton and get rolling and start seeing the improvements. That's how you start off as the Knicks president with a bang. And he's going to take that first step in about a week and we'll see if it's a good step or a misstep for the Knicks president. Let's dive into the NBA preview. I went a little bit too long, I think, with that. I, again, most of this stuff has been rehashed on this show before. I've told you guys a lot of this stuff in past episodes of the podcast, but it's worth at least mentioning some of the updates, some of the news as we move forward and get closer to not only the Knicks making this decision, but closer to the draft as well. It's a big couple of events coming up for the New York Knicks. Let's dive into the NBA preview. And again, I'm trying to keep it a little down because I'm in a hotel room right now. I'm not going to be screaming as much. I'm not going to be yelling. When I get to the apartment, I think in a couple weeks' time, I'll be able to be my normal yelling self uh, and things like that when I have to be. And not that I'm not going to be upset about things if things go wrong or whatever, but as far as the Knicks, but it's just trying to keep the neighbors happy around here, but also, you know, trying to, again, manage expectations. And that's what I'm also trying to do with the NBA restart. First of all, zero positive tests for COVID over the last couple of weeks in the NBA bubble. That's why they did it. That's why they put the bubble in place. Because again, I'm about to watch my Yankees here play the Nationals to open up the Major League Baseball season. I'm thrilled that Major League Baseball is back. We have an opening day. I'm I'm just over the moon about it. It's fantastic. Here's the thing. Juan Soto for the Nationals tested positive for COVID-19 before the game. He can't play. And that's the big downside of the bubble. That's the big down. I'm sorry, the big downside of not having a bubble. That's the big downside. You just don't know what's going to happen, and they're at more of a risk. So it's difficult, but I have to say, the NBA has done a phenomenal job. The scrimmages have been great. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch any of them. The Bucks look fantastic. I have to say, I'll start with them. They've been phenomenal over the last couple. Uh, I think they just played one or two games so far. I like what I've seen out of the Sixers so far as well, I have to say. Um, I'm excited about where they're at. Um, not as a fan, obviously, but as far as adding a little bit of spice to the bubble, they get a huge second chance. I think we've talked about this 
But four, can they take? Can they make the most out of it? Matisse Thybulles, by the way, uh, one of the rookies on the Sixers. I don't know if I shouted this out last podcast, or not. I think I did, but if not, I'll do so again. Amazing vlogs on YouTube. I've now subscribed to him. I'm 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 all in on Matisse Thybulles bubble vlogs inside of the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. They're just phenomenal. It's great insight. The camaraderie on that Sixers roster is great. I, I think it's really nice to see where that's at at the moment. Um, it, it's been a really nice change of pace for me, consuming content-wise, and people seem to be enjoying it. So, I, I mean, I'm. it's been great for me. I think the the good news when it comes, and we'll start with the East. Again, we, we just touched on the Bucks a little bit. Bucks are still waiting on Eric Bledsoe to come back. He needs to get two negative tests within, I think, 48 hours to fully rejoin the Bucks. I think he's the biggest missing piece on that roster. Bucks are safe, obviously. The Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, and the Sixers are all set for the NBA playoffs. They're just going to get tune-up games for these eight games upcoming really it's the nets and the magic along with the wizards who are the teams to watch here the wizards have to make up five and a half games to snatch the eight spot from the magic the nets have a half game lead on the magic for the seven spot as they try to avoid the bucks in the first round so it's it really comes down to it initially can the wizards fight back against the magic and the nets and then as that'll likely fade away, I don't see the Magic, or sorry, I don't see the Wizards getting enough wins to make that up in an eight-game period. They'd have to have an incredible turnaround, and the Magic or the the Nets would have to completely falter. I don't see, put it this way, I don't see the Nets losing five out of eight games. I don't see that happening, and the Magic would have to lose five as well. I think to give the Ma- the Wizards, I should say, a chance. I-, I don't I don't think that happens. I really don't. And and I think that the Magic will likely grab that eight spot if it's not the Nets. One of those two teams will definitely be the eight seed. And then I think that the Wizards, you know, are, are gonna be the team that stays on the outside looking in. I just again Bradley Beal's had an amazing season. I think he's gotten a little bit of a a tough deal when it's come to not only the all-star stuff, but also with the MVP voting. Um, I, I think his season has been incredibly, incredibly productive for a really bad Washington Wizards team. The fact that they're even in the race is pretty remarkable. So give them credit for being in the bubble, getting a chance to use these eight games to maybe get into the playoffs. But I see the Nets and the Magic holding on and getting into the playoffs, and then and then we'll see. Because again, the Bucks and the Raptors in any normal format would just probably destroy these two Nets and Magic teams. But who knows? It's wide open. It's really wide open. One team in the East that I kind of worry a little bit about is the Pacers. I think in a normal format, I like them to be a potential upset kind of a team against a Celtics squad or maybe even a Miami Heat team. But in the bubble, I, I again, without that home court crowd at Banker's Life Fieldhouse, I kind of put them at a bit of a disadvantage. I, they kind of need that energy, especially on the defensive end of the floor. 
I don't I don't think the Pacers are gonna be good enough to get a playoff series under their belts. And again, if the Sixers play anywhere near where we think they're capable of, the Pacers are gonna fall in the standings. I think that's kind of my thought process here. I think the Pacers could fall to that sixth spot. And if they do, normally I'd think, hey, the Celtics better watch out here. That's gonna be a tough series. But now I could easily see the Pacers falling to the sixth seed and then getting beat up pretty good by Boston. Although again, it's the bubble. So we just don't know how teams are going to react. And that's kind of what puts these predictions at a tough spot. Um, but for me, you know, I, I think when I look at the East, uh, there's a couple of teams that are going to definitely be the contenders. But I want to take a break first. I'm going to tease that. I'll give you my Eastern Conference champion coming up next. And then I'll dive into the Western Conference. There's a lot more juicy stuff to deal with in the West. So we'll take a break here. Eastern Conference champion, Western Conference preview for the restart in the bubble in Orlando, and then a prediction for an NBA champion coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. All right, part two of the podcast. We're diving into the Western Conference in just a second, and I'll also reveal who I think is going to win the NBA championship this season in the bubble at Walt Disney World's Resort in Orlando, Florida. Let's start, though, uh, with the second half of the show with the Eastern Conference champs. And, And I think that this, I've gone back and forth, believe it or not, on this between really two teams. Um, I, I think that I look at the Bucks clearly as the favorites. I think that they could easily adjust to the bubble rather well. Giannis and company have continued, like many teams, to put in the work off the court. I think that they can get back into that groove that they were in during the regular season. I see them having a little bit of trouble, probably early on, depending on how those eight eight games go. But then, to be honest with you, I think that they're going to get it rolling towards the tail end of the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think it's going to look kind of easy for them as we get closer to the NBA Finals. So I've got the Bucks just ahead of that second team for me, which I think is the Raptors. I went back and forth with them in the Heat. I I really think the Miami Heat, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a stone's throw away from American Airlines Arena, but I I think that the Miami Heat are a really good young and -and up-and-coming team that could do a lot of damage in the bubble. Got to see them play the other night. Duncan Robinson has not lost a step. Bam Adebayo's looked really good. I think Jimmy Butler could really put on a big show in Orlando as well. I really love the role players on this team. It's a really strong roster for Eric Spolstra and company, and I think that they could really make a lot of noise in the Orlando bubble. But I think that making noise for them is probably going to be an Eastern Conference semifinal. I think they probably lose to the Bucks there unless they make up a little ground again that's the one big wild card here if the heat enter as the four seed i don't like their chances but if they get up to the three spot which is not out of the realm of possibility they're only two games back uh, i'm sorry uh, two and a half games back of the boston celtics not impossible to make up that ground in the bubble i could see the heat maybe making it to the eastern conference finals i really could They could beat the Raptors in a seven-game series on a neutral court. No question about it, in my opinion. So the Heat could really improve their chances. But those are, for me, 
if you're talking about who's going to win the East, it's going to be one of those three. I think it's going to either be the, the Heat as an outside shot, the Raptors, or the Bucks. But I'm leaning the Bucks here. I'm going to go with the favorite. They feel like they're on the they're they're on the right path. They feel like they're going to be you know picking right off, picking right, picking right back off where they were, uh, picking right back up where they were. Pardon me. At the end of the regular season, the, the signs are there that the Bucks could maybe get right back to where they left off, and I think that they're going to be the favorites yet again uh, to get through the Eastern Conference playoffs. It'd be a shame if it if they stumbled because they looked like the the far and away best team in the East, but. I think, I think they still might be. I think they might just prove us again that they're the best squad. The West, meanwhile, is just a potpourri of madness. It really is at the moment. Six of the eight spots are sealed for the playoffs. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Rockets at the moment are one through six, respectively. The Dallas Mavericks are pretty safe. For the NBA playoffs, I think they just need to win one game down in Orlando, and I believe that their playoff spot is secure. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are another matter. They're only three and a half games up on the Portland Trailblazers. The New Orleans Pelicans, who should have Zion back pretty soon as well, and looked good without him, by the way, in the scrimmages. And the Sacramento Kings, who have a nice young up-and-coming roster potentially themselves. San Antonio Spurs are just a half game back of that grouping of three just outside of the playoffs. They're four games back and then the Phoenix Suns are six games back with uh, and then two games back of the Spurs with eight games to play. So it's not looking good for Phoenix. Phoenix is going to have to make a hell of a run to have any shot at pulling this off. They have to climb over five teams to get in. I don't think that's happening. So I look at I look at the Spurs. I I don't love where the Spurs left off. I have to say, um, love that Becky Hammond uh, was taken over on the sidelines, uh, coaching a, a scrimmage the other night, and Greg Popovich was uh, the assistant coach. I thought that was a nice little touch during the NBA's uh, scrimmages that took place as teams finally got a chance to face off against each other. I, I thought that was fantastic, uh, fantastic work by the Spurs. That was a really, really cool story. But the problem is the team is not where it normally would be. And I, and I think that puts the Spurs, that, that just a, they feel like a notch down here. I don't think they're going to, they might make up a little bit of ground maybe on the Kings, but I don't think that they're going to get into the playoffs. For me, I think the Blazers or the Pelicans have the best chance of those five teams trying to chase down that final spot. It's probably going to come down to the Grizzlies the, the Blazers and the Pelicans, I got to be honest with you, I see the Grizzlies hanging on here. I, I think the Grizzlies hang on to that eight spot. I'm not so sure that Portland is going to pick it up and run with it here. They should be able to. Look at the team on paper, but these are difficult circumstances. I I think if I had to choose a team that could do it, it's probably the Blazers, but the Pelicans looked really good, and they're going to get Zion back from his family emergency as well. I love that combo. I could see I could see it be a three-horse race. I'm leaning Memphis ever so slightly over Portland and then New Orleans to get that eight spot. Dallas, I mean, Dallas is in. Dallas is in. They're going to make it. Don't worry, Mavs fans. You have 40 wins under your belt. You're good. 
They just need to win a couple games, and then they can see maybe if they could chase down Houston for that sixth seed and maybe try to improve their chances because a series against Denver be a lot nicer than a series against the Clippers. Let me tell you that right now. As far as the top end of the standings, the teams we know are going to be there. First team I look at are the two L.A. teams as far as favorites. I think you have to. Both teams look like they're they're getting really close to being where they need to be. They feel like the favorites. They felt like the favorites all year, not only for the Western Conference Finals, but for the NBA Championship. I think that they are the two to watch. No question about it. And I'm excited to see how it plays out. And I, I'm really, I'm really kind of worried about the... The time off, how's it going to do? I mean, LeBron reportedly looks great. Kawhi's been on top on top of things. That's good because I want to see an All LA Western Conference Finals. I think everyone wants to see that. I think that'd be phenomenal. Houston is probably the wild card here. What are we going to get out of the Houston Rockets? Is the small ball mentality going to be enough? to get them to where they think they should be, which is in the NBA Finals. I think they feel like they could win the championship despite currently being nine and a half games out of the top spot in the West. They feel like they they have the best team, I think. And if you ask them, they'll feel like they can win this. They're the Sixers of the West. They feel like they have a second chance to win the championship. No question about it. They feel like they've been given new life and they're playing with house money right now. So they're the team. I mean, the real dark horse for me, and I don't know if many people are talking about this team, but I look at the Mavs. I really do. With Luka Doncic, a healthy KP, I love their role players. They're not only one for the future, they could be one for right now. I'm telling you, I think that they could catch Houston and get up to that 3-6 matchup where if they get Denver or maybe Utah, Again, Denver threw out that crazy big lineup the other night. That would be wild to see. But I could see I could see teams running them off the court. I really could. So that that's the problem with that with that lineup. I could see better, more endurance guards wiping the floor with those bigs over a period of time. It's not it's not the best secret weapon to have, but it's a nice little thing to use that you got in your back pocket. If you're Denver, I just don't know if that's going to, I don't know long term for this tournament, I don't know if that's going to be what's going to lead Denver to success. Because I can also, by the way, I could see OKC climbing up the, t- the standings a bit here too, I have to say. With what Chris Paul brings to the table, they could be dangerous in this in this NBA tournament, in this NBA re- end of the regular season and start of the NBA playoffs. I, they could be a bit of a wild card as well, OKC. But, I'll, I'll, again, I've been kind of beating around the bush as far as my pick here. I'll get to my pick in a second. But two more big things I want to touch on here. Someone asked me on Twitter, most likely team to catch, and I, and I kind of went back and forth on it, most likely team in the West to get in that's not currently in. For me, it's Portland. Close second is New Orleans. I, I think those are the two, if if. Memphis is going to be overtaken for that eighth spot. Those are the two. Those are the two that can get it done. No question about it. I think those are the ones you're looking at. Memphis and and chased down by Portland 
and New Orleans. For me, those are the two that I look at and I think they could catch them. They've got a, a really good shot at it. And if they get off to a good start, we can maybe see a couple of teams get overtaken here. But, I, I and, and to be fair, it's much more likely that it happens in the West than it does in the East. That's a def, definitely another thing to consider as well. The East, very unlikely that the 9 overtakes the 8. But the West, I mean, you got three che- three teams here. Kings, too, by the way. Not out of this yet. You're going to have to knock them out. They're, they're going to think that they've got a second chance here to make the playoffs. I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season would have said the Sacramento Kings were going to be playing in the NBA playoffs this year. They're three and a half games away from, from shocking a lot of people. But I think Portland's that team that's the most likely with, with again, a close second, New Orleans. As far as the rest, my big wild card, again, I think it's Dallas. I think Dallas is the team that if you're shocked who's in the Western Conference Finals, I think Dallas is the team that shocks everybody. I really do. I I think they've got the most upside. They've got the most talent. I think they're the team to definitely watch here in the West. I think if they get off to a good start, they could be really, really scary. I, I think on top of that, Oklahoma City, for teams that are in the playoffs, they're probably the biggest wild card. Because if they get up to that two seed, sorry, up to that three seed, two seed's a little, four games back, not impossible, but if they climb a couple of spots, OKC's going to be kind of tough to beat. They could get a nice run here and maybe get a couple of favorable matchups, and maybe we're talking about them in a potential Western Conference final. I'm serious. So there's a couple of teams here. The bubble... It's, it makes this whole thing a reset, and it really is more of a reset in the West than it is in the East, because we know who the best teams in the East are. There's really only five teams that can conceivably win the title based on talent and, and chemistry. With this reset in the West, I could see seven teams, I really could, that have gotten a Western Conference shot here to maybe battle for the Western Conference crown. It's possible. And the bubble could really shake everything up. It, it, it's incredible how much things could change in, in a heartbeat. And, however, saying all of that, it's a long-winded way of saying the Clippers and the Lakers are still my favorites. I think they still have the two best teams. But without that crowd, without that crowd, I think if anyone's going to overtake them, it's probably going to either be the Thunder or the Mavericks. I think they're my two teams that could really surprise a lot of people. Because, I, again, I, I love Denver. I love the way they play. It's old school. It's fun. It's a good thing to have in the NBA. But I don't think it's going to win anything. I don't think they're going to be walking away in five years with a ring. I, I hate to say that, but I just don't think it's going to happen. It's just not the way the NBA is going. I love Utah's story every year, but the, the playoffs have been tough for, for Donovan Mitchell and, and company. They just seem to run out of gas in the playoffs in recent years. Since they had that run where they almost went to the Western Conference Finals, they've kind of fallen off in the postseason, despite having some solid regular seasons. And then Houston. Houston is... It could go one of two ways for Houston. They could be fighting for an NBA championship, or they could be done in the first round. I mean, that's that's the ceiling in the basement, much like the Sixers. I mean, it could go one way, or it could go the other. 
I think it probably goes uh, probably more the the backwards route. I think they probably struggle early, and it, it, they might not be able to pick up enough steam by the time we get to the playoffs. And my guess is they probably honestly get eliminated by either the the, the Thunder or maybe the Nuggets in the first round. I, I really think that that's Houston's potential destiny here. But here's the thing with Houston. If they get through that first-round matchup, they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody left in the NBA playoffs. They just need, You know what they need? And this is the same deal that happened with them last year. They just need a little bit of belief. They need a little bit of confidence. Because when they're rolling, they seriously, they can beat anybody. And I think that that's the dangerous part about Houston. It's tough to gauge them because of that. It's tough to really put a good read on them because of that. But if they win the first round, I think they could maybe even win the whole thing. But it's a big if. And that, and honestly, that's why I don't think they're going to do that well. Ifs in the NBA uh, playoffs in this format, not good enough for me. I'm not putting, I'm not putting my stamp of approval on a team that i got to put ifs around. And there's too many around Houston, so I don't think they're going to go that far. And if they do go that far, I don't think they're going to... It's not going to be the NBA Finals, I'll tell you that. So I go back, and you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to stick with my preseason picks. I'm going to do... (laughs) I didn't think I was going to do that when I first started analyzing this. But I'm going to go with my preseason picks, and I'm going with the Clippers to, to represent the Western Conference in the NBA finals i think that's the team that's going to win this and i think they're going to win the championship too i'm going with the clippers i I, i'm going to stick with my preseason pick it's something that i normally do but to be fair it doesn't normally take me this long to get back to my my normal conclusion i think it's going to be a bucks clippers nba finals i think it's going to be a little bit more uh, straightforward than I think we thought it was going to be when we first put this all together for the NBA uh, playoffs and the NBA restart. But because of what they've got, the depth that they have, everyone's ready to go. We really haven't heard much about the Clippers. You know, Doc Rivers has had a couple of statements and things like that. But everything's, you know, it's run like a tight-knit group. It's a tight ship with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. So I really like where they're at at the moment, and I think that they are going to be the team that is definitely going to have a really nice run. I think they probably beat the Lakers to get to the NBA Finals, and in all honesty, I think they win it. I think they beat the Bucks probably in six games. That's my guess. I'm probably going to be way uh, off on this, by the way, but for right now, I, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with that pick. And honestly, I'm a little surprised I came back to it. I thought I was going to be, you know, again, I was listening to, or I was watching Inside the NBA the other night, and I'm thinking, you know, they're saying, man, a five could be in there, a six could be in the finals, you know, things like that. And I remember looking into it, I'm thinking, man, you know, they could be right here. You know, this could, I mean, this could be all over the place. It really could. But when I really, I dove back into it, I looked at the rosters, who's available, who's not matchups, the schedules as well, who could potentially move up and down in the standings. I just, I came back to it and I just said, you know what, Sean? And, and that's me, by the way, for those that are new to the show. <laughs> stick with, stick with what you got. I mean, stick with the guy, stick with the guys that got you here. And I think that's what I'm going to do. 
I, I'm pretty sure I picked the Bucks and the Clippers to go to the NBA Finals in the preseason. You can check me on that by going back to my preseason preview way back in, oh boy, was this was it September or October, sometime around there, almost a year ago now, coming up on a year ago now. That's what I had back then. As far as right now, I, I, I'm sticking with what I with the guys that got me here. Dance with the one who brought you is how it goes, and I'm doing that. I'm, I think the Bucks. It's gonna be tough in the East, but I think the Bucks find a way through with the depth on their roster. And I think the star power LA has with the Clippers. I think it puts them over the top. I just love their depth. I love their coach, and I love their stars. I think that's kind of where I come back on it. I, again. No Avery Bradley for the Lakers is huge. And I think that is a big factor that not enough people are considering. I know how good LeBron is. I know how good Anthony Davis is. Dwight Howard's been a nice addition to that Lakers team. But when you don't have one of your best defenders, one of your best ball handlers, a shot maker, and a great assist man on your roster... It's a tough, tough thing to do to put it all back together. I know LeBron could do all those things and blah, blah, blah. But the, the Clippers don't need it to be all Kawhi. They don't need that. You've got Paul George to bail you out at the end of a game. You've got great defenders on the roster. Now we have to wait to see what happens with Pat Beverly. I have to say that. That's a big key for the Clippers. But it looks like he's coming back. Bradley's out. He's not coming back. Lakers are done without him, I think. And listen, I think they could still maybe get to a Western Conference final. But if I'm being honest with you, I think it's even I think it's more likely that the Lakers lose in the first or the second round than they win the NBA championship. I can put that up there right now and put a stamp on that. I really think so. I think it's more likely the Lakers get upset in the first or the second round than they win the championship. I just don't think that they're going to have enough at the end without Avery Bradley. He's a huge miss. He really is. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But again, I'm back to where I started. I got the Lakers losing early, maybe in the Western Conference Finally, That's their best-case scenario. I got the Clippers winning the West. I've got the Bucks winning the East. I think in six or seven, I've got the Clippers winning their first ever NBA championship and it's going to be inside a bubble if it happens that would be something and Kawhi Leonard would be a champion in two different countries for two different countries uh you know Raptors last season and then the Clippers this season and he would have gotten two different franchises their first NBA championships within a two-year spell if that were to happen hey Kawhi want to make it three you can come to the next. They haven't won a title since the 70s. Anyway, <laughs> a guy can dream. That's the end of this week's show. Uh, let me know who you guys think is going to win the NBA championship this season. Teams that you're looking out for this season as well. I'm excited to hear your thoughts in the comments below. Also, if you want to follow the things that I'm doing outside of the podcast, at SJ7 on Twitter or Real Sean St. Jacques on Instagram are the places to go. I haven't plugged that a lot on this show. My Instagram, I've been posting stuff that I've been doing over the last couple of days up there. So that's the place you can go to keep up with me on that. As always, thank you guys for listening to the show. Make sure you guys stay safe out there. 
and make sure you're wearing a mask and gloves when you go out in public. Until then, I'll see you guys next week on the show. Stay safe and have a great week. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.